Hey guys, this is Liz Cambage. This is Nikki Collins. What up, guys? This is Ethan Stark. Hey, this is Imani Media Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. Welcome back, WNBA Nation listeners. My name is Kyle Haywood, and I've got Logan Jones with me tonight because we have to talk about the WNBA Finals coming up. We've got some games to recap. And if you're wondering why I'm making this intro really, really fast, it's because we want to do this entire episode in five minutes because that apparently that's all the <laughs> basketball you have to play in order to make the WNBA Finals. Logan, how are you doing? <laughs> Oh my gosh. What uh, what a few days. Obviously, we had to jump on. You know, when the major sports networks are talking about the WNBA, you know your WNBA Nation pod is going to crank out an episode no matter what time of night it is. Absolutely. Um, yeah, we, we need to talk about this finals matchup. We need to talk about what happened in Chicago. I'm just going to go ahead and get out in front of this now. I am so sorry, <laughs> Sky fans. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, we're, we, we're gonna... we said this last episode. We we knew. We knew. This is on me. <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm sorry. Man. I um, love it. But we're going to talk Sun Aces. And I'm, I'm going to give you my like unfiltered opinions on how I think that series is going to go. I'm not going to like try to think my way around the cosmic uh, jinxing that I've been doing for the past four seasons of this show. Uh, we're just, we're just going to go straight forward. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But... Boy, uh, I I thought I really I thought I really had something when Kalia Copper had a good first half. I was like, finally, I got something yeah. right. And then, yeah. boy, well, I wasn't the only one who was surprised by that ending. I'm sure we'll get into it, but sorry, I didn't mean to take over. No, uh, no early I in the episode, I just <laughs> I I wanted to get ahead of it because I don't want Sky fans waiting for the apology any longer than they need to. No, I'm glad I'm glad you apologized immediately because I'm sure the Sky fans are are feeling it. I know that immediately every one of them, as soon as the game went zeros and they had lost, I know every one of them immediately, um, immediately started to think about blaming our show and the jinx power <laughs> that. Uh, at least one of the hosts has. <laughs> at this point, Jason said it really, really well in our group chat. He said, "Logan, at this point, it's not. It's becoming less of like a funny joke, and more of like a statistical improbability. Like, <laughs> like how? At what point? At what point does this become like? Do we have to study the science? Of yeah, it, it your kind of jinxing feels like slash a... reverse jinxing the Chicago sky." Yeah, it's like if I turned in a true or false quiz and I got fifty wrong answers out of fifty, it's like, well, like wow, like you did. <laughs> that's impressive. That's more impressive than getting a hundred right, you know. And that's uh, so for those of you who might be new to the show in the last year, Logan. Ever since we've started our show, anytime he picks Chicago to win, they usually lose. And last playoffs, Logan specifically wanted to test out this theory, and Chicago's coming in as the sixth seed. And Logan picked Chicago to lose in every single matchup, in every way, <laughs> on purpose, which led to a six seed eventually going and running the table and winning a championship. So when he says that Chicago's going to advance to the finals because they only have to win one of the next two games and they've looked just nearly unbeatable, you knew that Connecticut was going to make the finals. So, Logan, let's actually break this game down because... This was one of the most interesting games I have seen 
in a while, uh, Boy, yeah. especially in the in the WNBA. This was and and interesting, not in the way that we saw the Las Vegas Seattle matchups be interesting, but interesting in a way that I uh, speaking of statistical, you know, improbabilities. How often does a team, you know, not only come back from being nine down with only you know four minutes and forty four seconds left on the clock to winning by nine? In that's like in that four minutes and forty four seconds, you're down nine and then you won by nine. Like, how often do you think that happens in the game of basketball? It can't be, it can't be hardly ever, especially at the level of a WNBA playoff series. Logan, what was what was going through your mind as you watched this? Because you and I were watching it at the same time, and we were messaging each other. And uh, I, I just want to know what was ha- what was going through your head as you're watching this the last bit of this game happen? Well, I think by the time the sun were within three and then tying and then taking the lead, everyone had kind of tuned into like, not only is this game not over, but like, we don't really know what's happening right now. Like this, every ounce of this qualifies as a collapse for the sky. As much as I want to give the sun their flowers and we will talk about what Connecticut did and whether they can repeat that sort of performance against Vegas. I mean, if you're the defending champs and you're up in a game five with Candace Parker on the floor uh, and four minutes to go, it's a collapse. You you lost this one, and they know it. Uh, you can see it on their faces. They knew it. What's crazy is, I uh, like we've seen some crushing Chicago losses over the last couple of years. Like Last year's championship sort of erases the memory of the handy heave in 2019. Mm. But remember, we watched Vegas hit a half-court shot to knock these guys out of the playoffs not too long ago. To me, and I don't know if this is a hot take or not, this was a more shocking ending. Yeah, I would because agree. we we watch March Madness and we watch a lot of basketball and you see buzzer beaters occasionally. Like there's enough buzzer beaters in the league to create a highlight reel at the end of the sure. year. Well, how what often you, what you don't we, see? Yeah, <laughs> well, I was gonna say how I, often do we do when are the early days of our show when we would do like play of the week? How often did we have buzzer beaters? Like yeah, for, like sure. it was like almost every other week. Like we'd have a buzzer beater on there. So sure. and in, in the, the playoffs, yeah, it doesn't happen a lot in the playoffs. But what really doesn't happen in the semifinals, unless you're a team from Connecticut, <laughs> a little deep cut for the UConn fans there. Um, <laughs> usually, eighteen zero runs don't happen. They they really only happen if you're a fan of a Connecticut basketball team, <laughs> actually. And not only was it a run because of explosive offense and. Lots of different players hitting every. I it got to the point where every time Connecticut hoisted a shot, like Courtney Williams took an elbow jumper, you're just like, "That's going in!" Bang, Dewana Bonner, bang, like you knew. But you'd go back on the other end. There was there was still several minutes left in this game where even it was when it was a one possession game, it was like if Chicago could just do anything right, they still could have pulled it out. But they just looked bad. They looked like somebody took like like Space Jam style. They just like sapped them of any sort of competence at the end of this game, which is weird. I mean, we know they have what it takes to win a championship. We know the caliber of the players they have on that team. Nobody's questioning like the legacy of any of these players, but what a, what a smelly way to end a a championship or bust season. Uh, I I think this was rough. a, A game five where it's hard fought all the way through. And then the sun, have the edge i think you hold your heads high and you say we played great basketball and the center a great team and whatever this this feels like it's gonna linger i i feel like this is gonna impact off-season decisions it's gonna impact maybe players want to come back maybe they don't i 
I don't think it's going to like cause drastic unrest in the locker room or anything like that. These players mm-hmm. all like each other, but it doesn't. It's not the sort of thing that you're going to sleep off in a week and then just be like happy for the champion this year. Like they knew, right. they knew at the end of the third quarter when they held the Sun to just five points in that quarter that like a second ring was kind of on the horizon. Obviously, a big series against Vegas still to go. Nothing was guaranteed, but they were thinking we're going to the show, right? Like right. We're, we just got to hold it down for 10 more minutes and Connecticut was thinking not again. Like for the last three years, we've been a championship team. We are not letting this happen again. And it's exactly what we talked about on our last episode where we kind of were like, what's going to happen when the sun get cornered and realize they got to go into survival mode or it's another disappointing season and what happened is they absolutely clamped down the reigning champs in their own building. Sil- quietest crowd you've ever heard. Yeah, that was silent. <laughs> it was eerie. It was eerie to hear a playoff crowd that quiet during that stretch. That was that was wild. Um I I I wanted obviously like the story here is that Chicago allowed Connecticut to go on an 18 and 0 run to finish the last couple minutes of the game, last 5 minutes of the game. But I got to give some credit to to Connecticut and Coach Kurt Miller actually you know brings this up as you know in his quote after the game you know he said uh, you know that uh, I hope someone writes about how the combination of Jonquil Jones, uh, Alyssa Thomas, and Bree Jones have knocked uh, Candace Parker out of the playoffs three of the last four years. <laughs> like that's really like that quote alone. You like. I, I, you have to kind of feel for Connecticut because, like, you know, the whole disrespect thing, that was a couple of years ago. And then they went on that huge winning streak to finish the season last year and then obviously fell short because of teams like Chicago and Phoenix that were running the table. And, and uh, you know, after being the top dog last season, going into the playoffs and then losing, Connecticut came in with enough of a chip on their shoulder that – they had not just one impressive victory in the last two games, but I think both of the victories that they've done were impressive. Mm-hmm. Winning the, the previous game was was really impressive by 24 points. That's a good point. We're overlooking a beatdown that they laid on Chicago at yes. home um, because I think everyone was just like, oh, well, you know, that was their last gasp, but you know, there's every, it's still anyone's series. Now you look back on it and it kind of feels like, Ooh, Ooh, like maybe Chicago wasn't the best team in that series. Yeah. Cause like, I, I think until the last five minutes the other night, everyone was kind of convinced the sky were going to figure it out. Right. And yet Chicago or excuse me, Connecticut who after going down two to one in the, in the series fights back and finds a way to win once at home by 24 and once in Chicago after absolutely clamping down and and basically making Candace Parker and Allie Quigley a non-factor in the game. Parker finished the game two for seven from the field, and both of those twos were – or both of those two shots were three-pointers. Yeah. So she did didn't take a shot in the fourth quarter, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, didn't take a shot. Yeah, exactly. Just couldn't do anything. You know, still had a decent line. Again, Candace Parker, it's not that she not that she's like a terrible player and like lost the game for her team. You know, she still had nine rebounds and three assists and three steals and four block shots. Like she had a great stat line outside of scoring. Which if you are the Chicago Sky and Candace Parker doesn't have a great scoring night, 
there's zero reason why you should still lose this game because look at who else you have on the floor. You've got you've got Copper, you've got Mieseman, Quigley, obviously a three point threat, and Vandersloot mm-hmm. able to not just you know distribute the ball, but Vandersloot can go to get to the hole and finish. And so when you have all of these pieces that can score, and Candace Parker putting up that really well rounded stat line other than scoring, like it's disappointing that that the rest of the Chicago Sky didn't do quite enough to no to, to in fact I did want to highlight uh, we we did get a big copper game not as big as it needed to be obviously but she put up 19 shots which is kind of something that we predicted on our episode right. where we were talking about this game Allie Quigley did not pull out of her slump man this was a no. tough series for for us Quigley fans we're always going to be a Quigley pod but a one for twelve performance from one of your starters when you're not a very deep team. I mean, most most teams at this point are going about eight deep. We'll talk about Vegas going only like six or seven deep later. Um, but you only got five bench points from from the sky bench and ten between Parker and Quigley combined. I mean, there was just not a lot of offense to be found. And it, and of course that's part of the Suns game, right? Like everybody likes to talk about the Sun like they try to to muddy up the game. No, all they do is they they play gritty defense. Like they, yeah. <laughs> they're a very not physical team. Yeah, they don't. It's not that like oh they they want. I don't know. They're they don't have an offensive deficiency, and thus they try to keep games low scoring. It's just that they're incredibly good on defense. They actually have, I believe, the league's best scoring differential um, on the regular season. So, and that's yeah. why they they just clamp down on teams. It doesn't matter how good you are. And we'll. We'll see if that applies to the Vegas series here in a minute, but I just wanted to make a couple those couple individual notes because there there were I mean we got some good me some in minutes. Um, she looked good. Vandersloot's always gonna get her. Um, what did she have? Actually, not too many assists because nobody she had was twelve and shots. only three assists. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> I mean, nobody was scoring. But but yeah, what a what a rough game. Um, which at the end of the third quarter, I'll just say, like, I'm not going to call anybody out by name, but Twitter was kind of celebrating the sky moving on with 10 minutes left in this game. Mm-hmm. And I, I think to to the... the and cur- even even yeah. up to about that five-minute mark, you, uh, you were seeing yeah, it, yeah. you know, because so to, they were up nine with less than five minutes yeah, left. To, like, to that's defend there. Kurt Miller a little bit here for any sky fan who's, like, mad at him about the we've knocked Candace Parker out three of the last four years quote... I don't think he was trying to flip the bird to Candace Parker and Sky fans as right. much as I think he was trying to highlight, like, look, we don't talk about John Quell in this league the way that we talk about those Sky superstars. True. And maybe we should. And in fact, and I, of course, I, I, like, we all understand why this is, but let's take a step back and look at things through, like, Coach Miller's uh, lens here. He's coached one of the most consistent, maybe the most consistently good team in the league for the last four years in a row. Right. But they have nothing to show for it. And of course, we like he knows that if you don't have the hardware, you're not going to get credit for like defining an era of the WNBA, right? Like we've had a little bit of a Seattle dynasty and we've had Phoenix be really good and the sky almost repeated this year. Like there's a lot of teams that headline the WNBA that aren't the sun. But it's got to be very frustrating to know, like, we we have been a championship caliber team for four years, 
and nobody gives us any credit for beating some of the best teams that the league has to offer. And it's because they've kept running into the Aces and the, the Mystics. The Mystics the year yeah. that Elena Deladon was the MVP. And like I, I'm not saying that the discourse around the Sun is necessarily wrong. I do think they need to win it all in order to kind of cement themselves in that tier. But I understand his perspective. And I, I get why he, he was like right about that, right about how like we've been good this whole time and we, we didn't just like fluke our way into the finals. So I'm kind of putting words in his mouth there. <laughs> I shouldn't do that. but No, no, no. But I, I, I think I, I don't think that that's far off because if you consider what they've done over the last several seasons, you know, like even like we've been guilty of this. We'll be the first to admit that there's times when we forget to put the sun at the tier that they consistently deserve we as a show across the board there might be one of us that's like no i think the sun you know i think the sun are going to be like the two seed this year and they're, they're going to make a run in the in the finals like very rarely do we do that because of the hype that goes around a team like chicago or las vegas or seattle like these other teams that seem to get that attention and get that hype uh honestly phoenix at the start of this season, right? Like, wasn't Phoenix being heralded as, like, how are they not the favorite <laughs> with all these great players and blah, blah, blah. Like, and obviously they... Not by us. Know, yeah, well, yeah. Some were saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, like that was that was the huge deal. And yet Connecticut is here in the finals, and nobody should be surprised. Like, if you've paid attention to the WNBA for the last four or five seasons, you should not be surprised that Connecticut is in the finals. They're just that type of team. They should have been there last year. They, they, they had the squad to do it last year, and all they did was upgrade at the positions that they were weakest at. So they're a really strong team. Across the board, Like all five of their starters, like listen to their point totals as, as a group of starters. 15, 12, 15, 12, 14. Like they're all within three points of each other. You look at the rebounds, 9, 10, 10, 6, 3. That's your start. Like, you had, you know, their starters are are coming out with just an amazing stat line. It's going to be really interesting to see if Connecticut can pull off the WNBA Finals win, who that Finals MVP is going to be. Because you'll probably, you know, across each of the wins that they would have in that series, you're probably going to have three different players be the best player in each of those particular games. And that's what is so scary about the Connecticut Sun is they are so well-rounded. The team is the star here. And, and that's, <laughs> that's including the fact that they have a former MVP on their, on their squad. So, you know, that's what's amazing yeah. about this Connecticut Sun we, team. We are, I imagine, going to transition to both the Vegas-Seattle ending and then the, the final series matchup. But... Even though we'll have lots of time in the offseason to cover this, I do want to mention that if you're not a Sky fan and you're not aware, um, well, we kind of talked about it a lot at the beginning of the season, but free agency 2023 is going to be booming, right? Like Bonkers. Bree Stewart might be on the move. Like, like basically Team USA amount of players is, is going to be like Angel McCautry's not tied to a team right now, like. Let me There's... let me read you off the list of unrestricted free agents. Oh yes, this let's do that. For let's the Chicago do that right Sky. Now. Sky fans just skip this part. <laughs> Candace Parker, Emma Meesman, Azrae Stevens, uh, Courtney Vandersloot, and Allie Quigley—all unrestricted free agents. They can so sign got, where they wish. So you've doesn't got mean necessarily KFC, that they're going to leave. You've got but, KFC left. 
pretty yeah, much. Yeah, you, you have Kalia Copper and Ruthie Hebert. And Kalia Copper's making 200K and then 205 in 2023. It looks like the team is committed to her. She is an unrestricted free agent in 2024. I imagine the team, like, she will be a priority to. Right. I think team, I so. think if I'm the Chicago Sky, that's the player I'm building all of my future around. But if don't expect every one of those players to leave, but players retire, players go hunting for rings, players find better deals elsewhere that have more money. It's you know, it in a way it's nice for Chicago to have a lot of money to play around with, but just FYI, the landscape in the coming off season it, it's going to be a what is that? A, a buyer's market. Yes. Because <laughs> there's going to be a lot of names out there. Yes. Logan, let's go ahead uh, really quickly talk about what we saw from that Las Vegas-Seattle game four um, before we head into a, a quick finals preview. I was so impressed with Seattle in this series. I felt like I was seeing Seattle play the best basketball that – it you know that the team had played all season in this series um because even in the regular season Las Vegas seemed to really kind of just handle Seattle with no problems and yet Seattle in the each of these losses really it went down to the wire in each of them game 4 was no different you had Stewie dropping 42 points in what tied a a playoff high uh <laughs> that like that's that was just an insane game. Jewel Lloyd also chipping in 29. I mean, between those two alone, they had 71 points between Stewie and Jewel. Like, and, and that's insane. shot like 50%. Yeah, and shot like great. <laughs> and shot really well. 75% from three for, for Stewie and 50% from three for Jewel. Like, like th- this was a great performance. Tina Charles struggled a bit, but actually... I think the move to to take Charles out and uh, focus players like Talbot, Magvagor, and January out there on different players defensively, I thought was a great move. I thought it was a fantastic coaching move by Coach Noel Quinn. And I was just insanely impressed with what Seattle did in these playoffs, which makes what Las Vegas did that much more impressive. I feel like because Las Vegas came in as the favorite and everybody anticipated them to win this series, that people are going to not realize how, like, how good Las Vegas played in this series in order to pull this out. Because Seattle is starting four number one draft picks, rookie of the year, MVP. Like That's who's on the Seattle Storm team. Plus Gabby Williams, who honestly played out of her mind for the majority of this series as well. So having all of that firepower and you're coming in and they're playing at the top of their game and Las Vegas still wins the series 3-1, that's what is just, it's so impressive to me what Las Vegas did in this series. Logan, I want to hear your your takes, your thoughts on on this last game and, and kind of yeah. on this series as a whole. If, uh, if you're an Aces fan, you got to feel pretty confident right now. I know most people are probably picking the Aces in the finals, and it's because if you look at this game four, they absorbed Seattle's best punch. I mean, Stewie couldn't have played better, went for 42. You mentioned Jewel Lloyd, a little bit overlooked, but 29 on 9 of 21 shooting. Tina Charles, only two points. That stings. But for the most part, you got kind of a vintage uh, Seattle Storm performance that, 
against most opponents probably would have been enough. Um, Vegas isn't most opponents. They've been the most high-powered offense all year. They don't play very deep. De'Erica Hamby still hasn't been playing really at all this postseason. She, she got in for a couple minutes at the end of game three and four, but she's the, the Vegas Aces have been running a six-woman rotation for the whole playoffs, and it hasn't bitten them yet. And even in this one, you had... Jeez, uh, we got to talk about Chelsea Gray. Red-hot <laughs> Chelsea Gray is yes. the best player on the planet. I know Asia Wilson just won the MVP. I would have voted for Asia Wilson, but holy crap. I mean, I people who don't tweet about the WNBA were tweeting about Chelsea Gray the other night. <laughs> I mean, she's... And she she's not... You're not going to cool her off. Like, Connecticut can clamp down on just about everybody. She'll cool off when she's good and ready. Um, yes. This is on the season. She shot 55% from uh, in the paint. Um, she only, very famously, she only averaged 14 points a game um, <laughs> during the regular season. Now she's averaging like 24 a game in the postseason. I know that stat's been going around, but she shot 50% all year. She's just been locked in for most of the season. And now she's taken volume, um, which I think is is really fun. I mean, she's uh, let me uh, let me see if I can pull it up really quick. I well, got she shot twenty two shots in this last but it's, game, but it's efficient still. And they're yeah, like Asia Wilson is still getting hers, but it's so it's such a relief for this Vegas team with only really six active players to be able to get double the production. From yeah, she's averaging twenty four points, four rebounds, almost eight assists this postseason. She's shooting sixty three percent from the floor, fifty nine percent from three. Um, she's taken. Let's see. Oh, it won't show me the total shots, but her point totals for the last five games: twenty seven, twenty one, nineteen, twenty nine, thirty one. She's in Lillard land. Like she, <laughs> she's almost like in carrying the team on my backland, except you look at who she's playing around and everybody else is an all-star or right. won some sort of individual award this year. Yeah, remember how Jackie Young, Asia <laughs> Wilson, and Kelsey Plum were the all-stars on this team? Yeah. And yeah. then Chelsea Gray's like, well, I'm going to get mine too. So, yeah, so it's, <laughs> yeah, put up 10 assists in that game too. It's it's just tough. I mean, Seattle played great. I, I'm impressed that they were able to fight back as, as well as they did after losing in heartbreaking fashion in game three. Um, the reason that I think there's an overwhelming push, not necessarily push. I don't think it's like a narrative thing, but between a Vegas team and a Connecticut team that are each desperate for their first title, I think the overwhelming odds are in Vegas's favor. Most people probably bet on them. And I think it's because ironic it like, because both yeah. of these teams, uh, you know, are you know, kissing uh, yeah, there's a casino angle, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, Seattle gave them every. I mean, we know Seattle is championship caliber. They do have the hardware, um, and you, you know, you get forty from Bree. You expect to win that game. Vegas is just really well coached, and they have such a good offense. It's just hard to keep up, and they're they do have the kind of the the killer instinct in order to get themselves into the finals that that Chicago did not. So um, I'm really excited to watch them play. I'm hoping that Dierica Hamby is going to be more of a factor in the finals because I think they're going to need her. But yeah, I, I get it. I I've texted the group chat several times, like since, since Becky Hammond joined this team, it kind of felt like it was their championship to lose. Right. Still sort of feels that way. It feels like a team of destiny type story. A little bit it does. I, I will, if, I don't know if you're, I want to get your thoughts on, on this, like, f- finally, bef- before moving on. But, like, 
I don't want to make it sound like they don't have the invulnerabilities. No, no, no. Or, or the, the vulnerabilities that we've talked about all season. They have defensive lapses, right? Like, they they I, they won't give up an 18-0 run necessarily, but they, they haven't looked invincible this season to me. They just look uncatchable, which is a slight but important it's difference. A, it is an important difference. And that's what I see with with this Las Vegas team is they just got done with a series where they were playing against some of the very top talent in the league and well coached and you know the the different schemes that Seattle was throwing at Las Vegas was so impressive from coach Quinn like I was so impressed with the coaching that came from Seattle and putting them in situations to win each of these games and Honestly, one or two little bounces or one or two, you know, ticks off of a clock one way or another, this is a Seattle team that ends up in the finals. This is a Jackie Young buzzer beater away from Seattle potentially being in the final. Like this is this was a great series. This series <laughs> felt That's a really interesting point that I hadn't thought of. The, the Aces really scraped their way into the finals, even though it felt like they were always going to be there. Right. Where the, the Sun have a blowout win and then kind of another blowout win if you if you want to count game five. Yeah. I, I know the score wasn't that way, but the end of decisive, the game felt that way. Decisive yes. victories. Yeah. yeah and, and that's the thing is you've got Connecticut coming into this after having just really taken care of business against Chicago. The defending champions who only went out and added players like Emma Mieseman, who is a former finals MVP, and Julie Alamond, who's like Courtney Vandersloot 2.0. Like, like that's, that's who Chicago, they went out and reloaded and improved on a championship roster, and Connecticut took care of business against them. And Las Vegas, again, scraped by, but they scraped by, which is impressive because this is a really good Seattle Storm team, that was playing at the very top of their game. I think this is the best that I had seen Seattle play. Las Vegas was also just playing some of their very best basketball at the exact same time. This was a clash of the Titans. This was Asia Wilson versus Brianna Stewart. This was Chelsea Gray versus Sue Bird. This is Jewel Lloyd versus Kelsey Plum and Jackie Young versus, you know, Gabby Williams. Like this was an insane series. And I loved every minute of it, and I think everybody can look at what we saw in the semifinal matchups, the semifinal series, and look ahead to these finals and say, man, uh, how are these finals going to live up to the intensity and hype that was surrounding both of these matchups in the semifinals? Um, So... With that being said, Logan, let's move on and kind of officially make some call-outs and maybe some predictions here for these finals with Las Vegas and Connecticut. Um, you know, I, I, I would agree with you. I would say that the overwhelming odds are probably going to come in as Las Vegas, but I don't know if I agree that uh, I think that it's a lot closer to a 50-50 matchup, um, if I'm being honest. Um, I think that a lot of people are kind of already crowning Las Vegas like, oh, they're the favorites. And maybe I look like an idiot in Las Vegas, you know, sweeps this series 
and does it so by 20 points a game. But I really don't see that happening. I think this Connecticut Sun team has every bit the, ch- the shot that Las Vegas does. And uh, I'm curious your thoughts on this upcoming series, the upcoming finals. Yeah. Um, I've said before recently even that it kind of felt like the Aces year all year. Um, if if you if you made me make a snap decision and not really think about it, I would probably say like, well, if I had to bet my life on it, I'd probably go with Vegas. It just feels like their year. Mm-hmm. The more I dig, the more I get concerned that we are still not getting the sun enough credit for what they for what they did in the Sky series. Um, first of all, I know the Sky went ice cold, but some of that was Connecticut defense it wasn't just bad shot selection and bad ball movement um and if if you're able to (laughs) if you're able to silence an offense like chicago for the final five minutes of a do or die game um that makes me a little nervous uh if you know if they go into a vegas series and they can just keep chelsea gray a little cooler than average and (laughs) you know and everybody else on the team isn't putting up shot because because Vegas does sometimes fall into the trap of relying on their two big scores. I know Kelsey Plum's great in transition. Everybody can score. That's why they score like 100 points a game. Um, but they'll defer sometimes. And you look at the Connecticut Sun scoring. I mean, every night it's like almost this ridiculous like 14 points for every player. Right. Um, it's like super, super balanced almost to the point where like I can't believe they're not trying to do that. Um yeah, they so, have you, they have like six players in double figures, and then five players in double figures, and nobody's over twenty. Yeah, points. yeah, yeah. The the it's hard to break down defense in a podcast because defensive stats just aren't that telling in basketball yet. We haven't figured right. out how to quantify defense that well, but we know Connecticut in your face defense is going to be a problem at times for Vegas. I don't sure. expect Vegas to go for a hundred points every night. Some some games. I this is going to be a long series. I think some games will be high scoring. Other games are going to be in the sixties or seventies. Like, yeah, you get to 70 first, you'll probably win. Um, something I'm really excited about again, the, this is the deeper I go into the sun, the more I can talk myself into Connecticut, having a real shot in this series. And I understand if you're listening to this, your snap judgment is like, yeah, but Vegas. And I'm telling you like everything that applies to Vegas applies to Connecticut everyone's you know becky hammond's an amazing coach who won coach of the year kurt miller's a pretty good coach and i think on any given night he can be the best coach in the league um people want to go you know if if you just decide series based on like well who's got the best player because basketball is largely determined by individual performances asia wilson's the mvp john quill jones hasn't played particularly mvp like in the postseason and absolutely has that in her like I, I realize it's like having a, an ace pitcher that hasn't been hot and then wanting like a, a quality start from him in the World Series. It's like, yeah, are they going to show up? And and by the way, she she had like 10 rebounds, 15 points in Game 5, so I'm not saying that she's been bad, but she hasn't been MVP good. And if she does play MVP good, I don't think anyone can beat the Sun. I think the Sun are a deeper team, and if Hamby is not full go, I mean, she's played four garbage minutes apiece in the last two playoff games, so I don't mm-hmm. know what she's got. But you've got Brianna Jones, Odyssey Sims, and Dijanae Carrington, kind of a defensive specialist coming off the bench for Connecticut. I really like the idea of throwing Carrington out there for some some minutes and not really having any sort of slump on the defensive end. So I, I don't know. Am I making any sense? I don't know if I'm making a very compelling argument, but 
like you you would if you asked me this morning like who's gonna win this series i would have been like vegas easy and the more time i've had to think about that ending in chicago they went into a hostile environment in a game that they should have lost and played a crappy third quarter they they should have felt like it was over sure i mean they they should have been hanging their heads like we just scored five points we're down nine this series is over it happened again we did the connecticut thing and instead they rallied and kind of looked ticked off doing it and i don't think they're done i don't think they're happy getting to the finals in fact i know they're not like ah see people didn't think we could get here like they're not gonna be doing victory laps because they made it to the finals they've been here before right like they they don't care about the honorary like uh we made it really far and we're really good like they want the hardware um (laughs) i realize so does Asia wilson and all the vegas fans listening but Man, it's been heartbreak for so many years in a row for Connecticut. It kind of feels like they know it's got to be their time now or never. And I'm talking myself into if everybody on this starting lineup gets 15 points and John Quill Jones gets 25 because she's capable of being an MVP, best player on the floor type player. Who's, I mean, I think Connecticut can really surprise. I don't, I don't know if... I've seen people give them the type of credit I think they deserve yet. Mm. No, I agree. Um, What's going to be interesting to see here is to see if Connecticut and their well-rounded scoring and and their kind of approaching things as a team is going to overthrow just the absolute insane scoring capability yeah it's a buzzsaw yeah the aces just put up a ton the aces you know whether it's chelsea gray or asia wilson or kelsey plum or jackie young like any one of those players can absolutely go nuclear and run you out of the building and that's what chelsea gray's been doing lately but if chelsea gray doesn't do that one game don't immediately assume that the rest of the team isn't capable of that because that's what we've seen We've seen Kelsey Plum and Jackie Young do that at times throughout this season. I think, I really do think that the old adage of, you know, offense wins games, defense wins championships is going to come into play. Both of these teams play really good defense, and it's going to be a blast. They play really good defense, and they can put up a lot of points. I do think that I got to go, I think... I think Las Vegas has the advantage here. I think home court advantage does play a pretty decent uh, a pretty decent role in these first couple games. Although there have been several wins away from home for different teams in these playoffs so far. So it's not like a it's not an end all be all, but I I got to say that Las Vegas has to feel pretty good getting an extra game of rest, starting a series with two quick home games. That alone, you have to be feeling pretty good if you're a Las Vegas Aces fan. I think they come away with the with the game one win, and uh, man, I think a I think the Aces probably are going to take this series. But I I am just excited. I think this is going to be a lot closer series than some people are giving it credit for. So I think my official prediction will be that Las Vegas takes the series. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that they get it. But uh, I'm like you. The longer I sit, if you ask me by tomorrow morning, I, <laughs> I might go. I might go Connecticut because I've looked back at different plays and and different, you know, uh, highlights through those last two Connecticut games, and that's a team 
that is scary good on both ends of the court. So, yeah, well, I, I, I don't even know. I don't know what to say other than every. <laughs> I feel a, like you and I have both rambled a lot on our our thoughts here. So I hope how many, that how many other games? people have enjoyed that. But ooh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go four games. I'm gonna say that this is gonna be similar to that Seattle series where Las Vegas wins in four games, but it isn't because they're winning convincingly, if that makes sense. I think they're going to do just enough to to win this in four games, and I think Connecticut still deserves the respect. So I apologize to you know Kurt Miller for not picking them, but uh, I will say that there's a lot of people who are disregarding Connecticut right now that are absolutely – just dumb for for doing so um but yeah so i'm gonna say vegas and four as my official as my official prediction what you got uh i've officially overthought this now yes to the point where please i i got your back kurt i'm taking your team in five. <laughs> i'm taking the sun i think it's sun in five i the questions that we need answered are can chelsea gray continue the unbelievable streak that she's been on which I, I said before game five I thought could continue and I still believe can continue. Um but it might not. <laughs> Realistically, like if, if it dips even a little bit, um absolutely it opens a door for, for the sun. And I think if someone takes Dewana Bonner aside and says, Look, we need that we need you to be that for this team. Maybe not five nights in a row, but we need a couple games where Dewana Bonner gets more than thirteen or fourteen a game. Like we we need to see that because she's capable of it. Um, if those two things happen, if Chelsea Gray cools even a little bit and comes back like within orbit of Earth, um, and Dewana Bonner can can up her presence on the offensive end a little bit, I think Connecticut has the defense. I think they have the better bench. I think coaching is a wash. I think these are two two of the best coaches in the game right now with teams that are absolutely bonded chemistry not an issue they gel they've been playing together for a long time um it's gonna be a great series i'm gonna take the sun and i'm not trying to game a system here or reverse jinx anyone um i'm just honestly straight up i i've talked myself into this being their year and I like it. that's kind of exciting for me because i didn't think that was gonna happen so <laughs> and just so you guys know this is not we have uh you know off mic decided as a show that we're not going to ever do that if all four of us hosts are on and three people pick one team we we promised ourselves as a group that we're not going to change our predictions based on what other people say just for the sake of pandering to one fan base or another so you can take what i have to say you can take what logan has to say you can take that to the bank of what we truly think about this series and and i'm excited to i'm excited for sunday dude i'm excited to see how this game this game one plays out. I think it's going to be a fantastic series. I think it's going to be a great matchup. Um, I think that uh, I, I can't wait to see what Connecticut and Las Vegas have in store for us. And uh, I'm hoping, and I've I've got my fingers crossed that this ends up being a, a similar series to what we saw both of these teams do in the semifinals because obviously they're capable of it. And uh, I think the world deserves to see what the you know, very top level of the WNBA is, cap- is capable of. Logan, anything else that you've got before we go ahead and uh, wrap this episode up? John Quill Jones, game-winning bucket in game one, Sunday Ooh. night. Okay, I like it. 
That's my that's my extra calling my shot prediction. Just JJ now. with the game winning bucket in game one. I like that. I like that. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, go ahead and uh, make sure you hit subscribe wherever you are listening. Um, if you're listening on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, we would love uh, love it if you would just tap that quick five star review. Um, if you're looking to get a shout out on the show and you want to hear us read your review on Apple Podcasts. If you write up a review with five stars, we always read those out loud on mic. So if you're looking to maybe get a little bit of a shout out, that's the easiest way to do so that will guaranteed get on the show. Um, and we would love to see some five star reviews coming through. Just your downloads, the the subscriptions, everything has really been incredible to see the the growth of not just our show, but other WNBA and women's basketball podcasts across all platforms have seen a major growth over the last year or two. And, you know, we just want to say thank you for all of your support um, that you give to our show. We really, really appreciate it. Um, If you're looking for other ways to support, you can always hop over onto Twitch and hit a subscription there. Or honestly, our favorite way is if you hit up our our website, WNBANation.com, and head to our store, um, we love getting pictures in our DMs of people wearing our merch or drinking out of our the mugs with our logo on them. Like that's just something that that feels super surreal to just a, a couple of friends uh, who happen to really love this league and love women's basketball. Um, so thank you all for your support. Uh, let's go ahead and get stoked for an awesome WNBA Finals over the next several days. But for WNBA Nation, I'm Kyle Haywood. I'm Logan Jones. And we got you next time.